Welcome to the DC Drop, where we talk all the news from this week in DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. So let's get in with some news. And boy, it has been a slow couple weeks of news. That's why we didn't have an episode last week. And there's not a ton, really, this week. But there is some. Uh, not a lot, though, because we are starting with Polkadot Man. David Desmalchian, who has been in The Dark Knight, he is in the Ant-Man movies, he played Abracadabra on The Flash, has been cast as Polkadot Man in The Suicide Squad, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, like you said, any any news day where you start off with Polka Dot Man news is probably not the most uh, quick day. It's a little slow, but yeah, that's that's cool. He's a he's a creepy looking guy, so I'm sure. He, I don't I don't mean that in a good way. Like he <laughs> he can play some pretty creepy looking characters. So I'm I'm interested to see what he does with this character that I know almost nothing about. Yeah, it is an obscure character. First was a Batman and Robin villain introduced in I think 1962. He wears a costume with polka dots on it. Very obscure. Has not been in a lot of comics at all. Uh, the character did appear in Batman the Brave and the Bold and had a cameo in the Lego Batman movie because a lot of people had cameos in the Lego Batman movie. Uh, I think this is a cool character to include in the Suicide Squad because A, you could blow him up and nobody would nobody would be too upset and that's fitting. But it's also a weird character that you could see James Gunn maybe having some fun with. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like, that's the whole point of the Suicide Squad is you can bring in these weird characters that have never really been in anything before or don't have a big, like big long history or lore, but they're still existent in, you know, the DC character database, whatever you want to call it. Um, And it's cool to bring them in. And then there's not a lot of baggage. You can do basically whatever you want with them and you can make them as funny or weird as you want to, um, but still have connected some connective tissue to like DC history. Yeah, absolutely. And we knew this already, but from the article, it says that the project is described as a new take on the property from the mind of Gunn that will feature a mix of new and old characters. Obviously, we knew that from everything behind the scene, but that's kind of confirmation there. I don't think it's not the the reboot that um, it had been described as in the past or that some people feared, but it's it sounds like it's not going to necessarily, obviously not a direct sequel, but those events in that film, it sounds like they're still going to have happened and now we'll just have a new team with some characters coming back and some new ones. Yeah, I'd be I would have been very surprised if we ever had like direct sequels to Suicide Squad in which the team stays exactly the same. That would be kind of weird. That's it's kind of a rotating cast of characters, so it makes sense to bring in some new characters. Especially with 5 years in between films. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be 5 years in universe, but yeah, some of those other characters maybe have had their heads blown off off screen or anything like that. So it does make sense from a story perspective in that way. And it also confirmed other new characters, uh, including whoever Idris Elba is playing, Ratcatcher, Peacemaker, King Shark, and of course, Polka Dot Man. Those will be the new additions on the squad. Yeah, some unique, interesting new characters to see. Uh, so speaking of Ratcatcher, newcomer Daniela Melchior is going to play Ratcatcher in the Suicide Squad according to Variety. So in the comics, the character is described as originally portrayed as a man who was one of Batman's many enemies. But sources say the studio is now casting the role as a woman who will have some connection to whomever Elba ends up playing. This makes me wonder if this was originally intended to be Deadshot's daughter from the first film was actually going to oh, yeah. be grow up and become Ratcatcher. If that's where they're going with it when Elba was going to play Deadshot. I wonder if that's what they were thinking of doing. And now Elba's playing somebody else. So maybe. Uh, it's not the same, you know, it's not the daughter relationship, but maybe it's someone else that has a history with Alba's character. I wonder if that's uh, how this character came to be. But yeah, another really obscure DC character, villain, 
uh, gender swap, like you said there, and you know, a, a character who can control sewer rats and yeah. things like that. Um, yeah. I guess what I, what I don't want to see is like, you know, in Aquaman, he can control all the, the sea creatures and there's like these scenes of just giant, huge swarms of fish and mammals and everything that lives under the sea just going around. I don't want to see like a giant writhing <laughs> pile of sewer rats. I think that would be a little bit unsettling, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not the most useless superpower, uh, but it is, <laughs> it's an interesting one. And, and like you said, I didn't, I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, that makes sense that possibly this is what uh, Deadshot's daughter originally was going to do if they, you know, in the original versions of the sequel script and it's gotten tweaked and tossed around a bit. Yeah. Not, not the most exciting superhero power, like you said, or villain power. Yeah. I don't want to see a ton of rats either. That's, that has potential to be gross, but yeah, just like we're joking around about Polka Dot Man and Ratcatcher, obviously not big characters or someone we've longed to see brought to the big screen or anything like that. But you can tell, you know, you just inherent in these characters' names in their history that James Gunn is going to have fun with them in some way or another. You know, he's picking them out for a reason. He's got something he's going to do with them. And whether you like Gunn or not, I, I think he's definitely got a plan specifically that he wants to do with these characters. Exactly. Uh, there is a small note like a rat boy character appeared in one episode of batman beyond so this isn't i guess the first real appearance in in some sort of like non-comic book media but uh definitely not one that's been spread around a lot of different movies or tv shows yeah absolutely not even as popular as polka dot man right all right moving on joe blow did an interview a while back with shazam writer henry gaden and producer peter saffron and now it's just getting released uh, a lot of interesting little nuggets there if you want some behind-the-scenes stuff on Shazam and all of that. A, a lot of it's stuff we already knew, but there's some new interesting notes. One thing was that Gaiden was attached before even BVS came out. He said he was working on it three years before the film came out. I always think that shows you how little we know when we think we actually know stuff um, because it did not come out that Gaiden was working on it until 2017, I believe. And so to know he had been working on that for at least a year before anybody in the public knew. I think it shows how sometimes how little we even know, even though we get a lot of information. Yeah. And that it also affects like when you get information, a lot of times it's probably maybe severely outdated, even to a, a mm -hmm. point that we don't realize because they've been working on it for so long. So just a good reminder of that, something to keep in mind when we see rumors and pieces of information come out. Yeah. Uh, we, we hear all the time about projects being worked on, but there's probably a lot that we don't know anything right. about. Um, so that's just a reminder of that. Yeah. Saffron also talked a lot about, he, he mentioned a few times about making individual films that don't necessarily need to tie together if they don't organically. So he talked a lot about like not forcing things to tie in if they don't have to, but if they do, that's a nice bonus, which is something we've heard from, you know, the executives higher ups at DC Warner brothers a few different times, but there's a, another producer just kind of saying that company line, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anybody wants forced crossovers or relationships or anything like that. Although I think maybe tying them together in some way, uh, having a long-term plan, I think recent, recent box office shows that that might be a good idea yeah. to have that. But uh, you understand wanting each project to stand on the uh, standby stand. Each project should be able to stand on their own. And, you know, ideally for me, it would also tie into something else. Um, but you can have films that just, standalone right he also said he doesn't think black adam and shazam will be in the same film until black adam has a solo film so i think that was specifically maybe a hint that black adam won't be in shazam 2 unless a black adam film really gets going soon 
Yeah, which we we have touched on earlier that they've you know they've already talked about the sequel. They t- I think they announced it what the weekend after or like the Monday after this movie mm-hmm. premiered. Um, because of the child actors, you definitely want to get this going as soon as possible, which makes it pretty unlikely that a Black Adam film would come first. So. Like you said, I, I don't think we'll see Black Adam in at least Shazam 2 or whatever the, the first sequel is called. Right. Or even if Black Adam does come first before Shazam, it's unlikely that you'll get Black uh, Black Adam, if you'll get Dwayne Johnson to parcel out uh, eight months or a year right. of his time to playing the same character back-to-back films or anything like that. I don't. It could happen, but I don't think that's very likely. Yeah. He also said, you know, not really groundbreaking information here. He said the Aquaman sequel is dated for 2020 because it takes a while to get the screen screenplay and produce a big film. Or 2022, right? Because, yes. um, and he did, he had a nice note, which I, I like hearing, but I've heard it a bunch of times from people. It's like, they don't want to rush things. Like they want to get it right. So if, even if it ends up taking longer, if that means a better film, then so be it, which is nice to hear in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is still long four years in between films so it's not an exciting wait but uh, yeah you don't you know it's going to take you would think at least two to three years to develop and film a film such as aquaman and then one other little piece of information i thought was pretty interesting they said that jack dylan grazer was actually the first person that they cast for the movie uh, playing freddie in the in the film and that they said that as soon as he started reading they knew that he had to be freddie and they're basically going to pick people who worked well with him that makes a lot of sense i don't know if we've ever if that we'd ever heard of that before but that makes a ton of sense because i think freddie's role is one of the biggest and most important actor roles because he's sharing screen time with both billy and shazam and so he has to work with both of those so he's arguably more important than either one of those those two Uh, I, i wonder how it'll come out in terms of screen time uh, maybe when it's on home media, I can look and see what screen time comes in. But he's got to be one of the leaders in screen time because the main character is split up between two actors. Yeah, and it does make me makes me curious for the sequel, like how they'll balance how much time is is spent as Shazam versus Billy Batson again, and like like you said, that balance between um, those two actors and then also Jack Dylan Grazer as Freddy. Next up, Patty Jenkins released a photo of Gal Gadot, presumably from Wonder Woman 1984 on Twitter. She was wishing her a happy birthday. Not a lot to take from this picture. It looks like, you know, when you're like at a mall and you sometimes they have like a second floor and you can look down over the balcony down to like the first floor of people walking around with their pretzels and shopping bags. (laughs) Kind of looks like she's up there, but in a fancy one. I don't know. Well, first off, no, I don't know what it's like (laughs) to be in a mall, but... Yeah, I not real. This doesn't give us a ton of insight or anything. It is a cool photo, and yet it very well could be a mall type setting like we have seen before, where she is is looking down, or it could be something else. But I think you might be onto something there. It's a cool photo. Doesn't give us a lot of plot details or anything. Yeah, hopefully, actually, it's not in a mall because I I don't want this entire movie to take place in a mall. Or maybe if they could do something creative with that, that would be cool. But yeah, not a lot to take with it. But happy birthday! Uh, next up, we got a teaser trailer for Swamp Thing. Uh, this one kind of scary i don't i don't think there's any dialogue there's no people talking words there's just like some screaming and some really disturbing sounding noises of people like sawing on things and vines growing and stuff but what did you what did you think of this trailer yeah this will sound negative but i don't mean it to be i i think everything i see here looks good it's not this trailer just doesn't do anything for me not having dialogue playing heavy on the horror which i can i can take in small doses but playing heavily on the horror and i think we just hear a few 
random screams here and there. We get no information about characters or story or anything like that. So it's not something that's going to increase my excitement for this show, but it doesn't take anything away. I'm still looking forward to this. I like Swamp Thing. I think this will be a good series and there's a lot of cool visuals and a lot of things I do like from this, even if I don't, you know, even as a, if as a trailer, it doesn't terribly excite me. Yeah. I think both of us are, neither one of us are like super high on horror movies, especially like just for the scariness or grossness of it. Whereas some people like, you know, they like that. That's what they like about uh, the horror genre. But I like the the storytelling and telling like suspenseful stories with that. Like that's what causes the horror is the drama between mm-hmm. the characters. And this I think this is just a trailer that's made for maybe the other crowd that likes that part of the horror genre better. But I don't, like you said, I don't think that doesn't make me any more apprehensive about the actual story or character development. Yeah, that's a really good point. And they put James Wan's name yeah. in the teaser. So this is trying to, this isn't necessarily trying to get superhero fans or anything like that interested. It's trying to get horror fans trying to check out DC Universe and try out this Swamp Thing series and, and see that. So it, for not targeting me, you know, this is about is if you wanted to draw up a trailer that would do absolutely nothing for me out of Swamp Thing, this would be it. And again, I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just not targeted for me. And I like what I do see. But yeah, it's not going to excite me. But there's some colorful stuff. There's lots of quick flashes we see at the end there. Some Easter eggs. We, you know, we see Blue Devil Mask and some other stuff going on there and Swamp Thing emerging. So lots of cool things in this. Yeah, and it it does at least give like kind of the scope they talked about how this kind of sickness or whatever this this magic thing is taking over the town, and we do see it seems like a lot of different locations of the town are being pretty heavily affected by this. So it seems like it's going to be a pretty big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And this is apparently the the week for extended, slightly extended teasers of teasers we've already, we've already seen. We've got a few more here, but a teaser for Pennyworth was released a longer one slightly longer it's about 30 seconds and there we see thomas wayne hiring alfred he has a job for him what do you think of this yeah not not a whole lot again to take from this this it's still it looks it looks cool like i don't know i that's that's not very descriptive but it just kind of looks cool it's set in the past in britain it seems very very spy like there's some sort of organization printing papers they're probably trying to to win people over and do bad stuff and we get to see a little bit more of the queen but yeah it's cool we see thomas wayne hire alfred it's it's nice i don't know how i don't think any of this is going to like change the next time i watch dark knight i'm not going to think of alfred differently probably but uh, it's just kind of cool to see (laughs) see characters i know in a a new setting yeah absolutely i don't have much to add other than like we talked about with swamp thing in the horror this is really more for spy fans and then it also has to have a happens to have a dc hook in tie in a, a character that dc fans know and will try out and things like that uh, it looks cool it looks stylish it it's uh it's a neat setting we get to see a little bit of that so not a ton to take from it but it looks looks neat for if you're going to do a pennyworth series this looks pretty cool and we also have a release date for it and it is going to be sunday july 28th the first episode will air at 9 8 central on epics we also got a full trailer for season two of Krypton. Um, so once again, I I think I say this every time I see anything from Krypton, but I don't I don't know what sort of like computer program they have exclusive access to or what like, but they with a very small budget can create some just super impressive looking sets and uh, characters and visual effects and everything. I'm I'm just blown away, you know, with all the crazy little details in the background when Zod is talking, um, things like that. But this this just looks really really good. Yeah, a lot of this stuff we had seen before, but it's a very extended version. 
and I second everything you see there. Zod, you know, looks like he wants to go, isn't happy with just Krypton. He wants to go take over some more planets. And so we're going to really get to see life outside of Krypton, uh, which was really the almost the entire focus of season one. So I don't know where we're going to do with that, but um, it looks good. I mean, it looks good. It looks like I want to see more of this. Yeah, and we get we get to see Doomsday, which we've seen before, and we get to see Lobo in action, talking, shooting people, being funny. I, he looks pretty good. I the I can't imagine how long the makeup process takes, but he looks pretty good. Yeah, I remember Brainiac was three hours right. at first. I don't know if they got that down anywhere and, and as the show progressed, but I think Lobo took has to take pretty close to as much. What was your first impressions of Lobo showing up there? I, I mean... He looks like Lobo. He acts like Lobo. He he sounds like Lobo. What I hear in my mind. So I, so far it seems like a pretty faithful as far as you can as far as you can be faithful to Lobo from the comics um, adaptation of him. And I don't know. I like what I see so far. Yeah, I don't know. I thought initially that it looked like Lobo was joining them. I wondered if that was he joined them in the Phantom Zone, which I think would be a funny way to introduce Lobo as he's in the Phantom Zone with them. But I don't think we see that yeah. in the trailer. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just looks good. I want I want to see more. Well, I think actually running around in the forest, I think that is the Phantom Zone or like some projection or something. I don't think that's a real place, but that's just my guess. Well, we see Adam Strange outside of it as right. well. So I assume that's after they get out. And we see, I think the weird trippy visuals are meant to be the Phantom Zone, but that could just be a transition or, right. or there could be multiple different types. I think they're going with more of the, where it is more of a Phantom zone where there's phantoms just kind of floating around and maybe we've seen in other live action interpretations but yeah i guess we'll we'll wait and see and we will see it in june because the season is going to debut wednesday june 12th on sci-fi we finally have a release date for season two of krypton and lastly for today a trailer for season four of lucifer has been released if you don't remember first three seasons were on fox and then netflix picked it up after it was canceled there will be a 10 episode season that releases on Wednesday, May 8th on Netflix. And they released about a two-minute trailer here for season four. Yeah. I mean, if you if you like Lucifer, if you like that that style, that weirdness, I, it looks like you're going to get plenty more of that. I wonder if they'll, because it's moving to Netflix and, you know, they don't have the same restrictions uh, content-wise as showing on, like, broadcast TV, I wonder if they'll go edgier or change anything or, you know, be more explicit. I'm not sure. Yeah, I would think they would go that way a little bit more. I don't know that they'll go too crazy with it because it's not a, it wasn't really a tame show, yeah. even by Fox standards. So it's crazy. We see Eve from Adam and Eve reuniting with the devil and Chloe dealing with all of that, Lucifer's reveal from the end of season three. So lots of crazy stuff on Lucifer continuing. That is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.